Hey, you guys, Dan Schreiner here with the Disciple Henson podcast per usual. Today, we have part one of two of my conversation with Stephen and Annalisa Riley. You thought you knew them. Wait till you hear this. And then next week, tune in so that you can hear about their upcoming work in the Middle East. So listen and enjoy one of my favorite couples and families at Henson, Stephen and Annalisa Riley. Stephen and Annalisa Riley, welcome to the Disciple Henson Podcast. Thank you, Dan. It's uh, good to be here. This is my first time having a married couple other than Ashley and I in the studio. So this is a real treat for me. I was hoping you guys could lead off by sharing maybe your most recent marital conflict. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was what drink we should get from Eastside Coffee Bar and Workspace. Oh, okay. So. Okay. But you, you uh, ended up getting separate drinks. Yeah. yeah good yeah. compromising. <laughs> Dan, you had your parents on. Oh, that's true. I've listened. Hey, you know what? You are a faithful listener. I I know. She actually really is. Yeah. So every time I do the dishes, there's my windowsill. And it was your idea to do the um, the Christmas episode with the kids. You you did a better job than I even thought. But yes, that was (laughs) mainly Andre Ladut. But uh, that was one of my most fun episodes to do. That was was good. We've listened at least twice. (laughs) <laughs> I've listened to it probably four times. Okay, <laughs> you guys really are the get the gold star for um, best listeners or whatever the award is. Um, some people may not know you who are listening, so Stephen and Annalisa, introduce yourselves. Who in the world are you? Yeah, uh, so I'm Stephen Riley. I'm coming from originally Southern Indiana, uh, very close to your parents. Not know. too far from Louisville. Yeah, that's right, Louisville. Mm-hmm. So I was born in Louisville. Uh, okay. But then I think three days later, something like that, I crossed into Indiana. And never went back? <laughs> yeah, Barely. no. I think uh, we have my sister. She she lives in Louisville now. Um, and goes to Third Ave. She goes to Third mm-hmm. Ave. Yeah. Yeah, with her husband. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, Our sisters are members of the same church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yep. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what a blessing, though. What a... I mean, sweet, yeah, sweet thing. Yeah, but so uh, originally I grew up in in Southern Indiana. Uh, I did not uh, grow up going to church, um, and so it's been a long road to to find ourselves at Hinson. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what, what else should I say brief, as a brief intro. Maybe you should just say where you're okay, from. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm Annalisa, and my last name is now Riley. Uh, it wasn't originally when I was born, but um, and I'm from east of San Diego, so a little rural area. I I am a Californian, but I also don't identify with a lot of Californian characteristics, probably. And yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah. Do are people from California normally good with the bow and arrow, or uh, throwing of knives? <laughs> Probably no. I don't know. I because I grew up rural, we we had a lot of access to you know mountainous terrain and just and I, like next door neighbors had horses and just different things and we did primitive stuff growing up. So I my parents and my brothers or my dad mainly and my brothers. That's a lot of fun. Did you grow up in a Christian family, Annalisa? Yeah, so I, I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, my parents were new believers, both of them. So, um, you know, I saw them definitely struggle in the journey. And that sometimes made me struggle even more at times, seeing, you know, 
yeah, I don't know, it's just different things. But, but your dad is a mature believer now. Yeah, he yeah. um he bought me coffee once after I preached one Sunday here at Henson and he was visiting and then he showed me how to make my sermon an acrostic. I think, oh, yeah. or or oh, something yeah, like sure. that. Yeah, and yeah. you know, Sounds my great. mom is actually a faithful listener to the podcast too. Is she? Yeah, and she she. I mean, we've definitely, um, yeah, given our California family the Kool Aid, <laughs> the Henson Kool Aid. <laughs> well, it's always good to see them when they visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they'll yeah. be up next month. So very good. Yeah. And they brought the the camper van. Yeah, Ludwig. Ludwig. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah. So, how did you guys meet? <laughs> yeah. So uh, after college. Um, I, I really needed a change of scenery from Southern Indiana. And so, uh, I just, I, I had a lot of, a lot of questions swirling in my mind. I was coming off of a time where I'd studied in, in Belgium and what were you studying in Belgium? I was studying theology, but not as a Christian. I was just, I was studying Judaism and Hinduism and Catholicism and ancient mysticism of the low countries. And, I had a ton of questions. I was uh, really interested in Eastern philosophy and thought and decided to make the move to China to get one one step closer to understanding. Um, but of course, when you arrive in China, especially in a, a major city, you discover that most of Buddhism that remains is is really just a fabrication that exists as a as a part of the tourism industry to you know give Westerners an experience of of true Buddhism, although it's it's not. It's something that's been recreated after the Cultural Revolution. And so, uh, anyways, while I'm there uh, working and really just living a, a secular life, I, I, I bump into uh, Annalisa. And, and <laughs> I, uh, as we were both working for competing English schools. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we uh-huh. were a couple of streets away, but we, there was a very small English, uh, like expat community sure that, and i was friends with his boss and his best friend before steven ever came yeah and i would just go do things with them some, like go to the park that was because uh, i was the only teacher at my school that was mm-hmm. a foreigner was it love at first sight <laughs> it was not no. no uh it actually took on elisa uh getting extremely sick and and her allowing me to bring her uh food and and spend but you food. weren't the cause of the sickness it wasn't love sickness or... No, I, I had traveled to Beijing for New Year's. Um, it, it's kind of a long story. He came to bring me food, um, knowing my personality that I never miss my two jobs. I'm a workaholic. And he came and brought me food, but he also brought his Bible. And I was like, wait, so so you so you believe that stuff? And he goes, um, there's a lot of truth and a lot of wisdom in this book. I'd like to I read I can some, see you saying like that, Stephen. I'd like to read something from it. And I was like... Oh yeah, read me. I I you know he. I think you knew I was a Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the so, main reason I brought it. Yeah, yeah. to yeah. impress her. Mm, probably. Yeah, <laughs> spend some time uh, giving her some soup and some scriptures, and you know, and and she introduced me to her friends and uh, coworkers. She also spent a lot of time working at uh, a kindergarten that had some ties to some churches in the U.S. Yeah, it was a Christian kindergarten. So it's like a mission. Like I was the I was not a missionary, but. I would, when short-term missionaries came, I would get a week off work. They would teach my class for me. So it was really interesting because I was not actually funded or supported by anybody. I had no, I even wasn't even in a church yeah. there. But like the people who would come visit China to do a mission trip, I'd be like, 
gig <laughs> take my job for a week that's too funny yeah, yeah so he he ended up working there as well so yeah anyway. okay it was, it was really long story. so you, as a non-christian you were teaching her Christ- at her christian kindergarten yeah i remember when they said you know uh they had a question about like when you came to faith and i was like oh you know i've always known god was my my father and and it was, you know, I think the questioning wasn't very specific. For yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't. And, and it was it was really in those co- communications and those interactions that I began to start to say, like, wow, like, really need to press in here and, and decide if, if this is if this is true. Mm-hmm. Um, because my experience prior to that had been much more comparative uh, religions. And my exposure to Protestant Christianity had been through uh, only brief experiences when I was a teenager with friends who had youth group and that sort of thing. Okay. And and then in my college years, it was a PCUSA, much more uh, Protestant liberal, main, right. mainline Christianity. Right. And, and so... So you bring <laughs> so like a... the soup and the scriptures, but you ended up being the recipient of salvation <laughs> via Annalisa? Uh, I would say she is a, she is a key... Yeah, she's, key player. She, yeah, that's right. She's like the the pin that was pulled in the grenade because, as we began to fall in love and consider what what marriage would look like, she was every day. You know, we were spending time thinking through the scriptures, thinking through things, and it was really when she said, "Hey, like if if you're serious about this, you need to come to California and meet my my folks." And and so who are waiting with their weapons? Yeah, that's right. We're waiting with their their tomahawks <laughs> and, and their her dad had an officer's pyramid set up yeah okay um, stories. anyways <laughs> well maybe if there's a youtube or anything of what that is yeah. maybe we'll include it in the podcast notes yeah we should uh, we, we've, we've got some my photos dad's okay right now. i think i've even got what's that like tent uh, where they take the the old-timey photo where you have like 10 second exposure oh, we've got one of those in yeah, front of yeah. a pyramid yeah, yeah. tent um yeah, but so through that, we, we uh, reached out to a member of the community who is a leader in the church. There said, in China? In, uh, no. in, in, the, in the U.S. once we arrived Okay, at, okay, yeah. And, and said, hey, we'd really like to do some uh, marriage counseling before we you know, take this plunge. And so he said, uh, you know, okay, that's fine. So he sets up this six-week marriage counseling. And, you know, the first night he holds the Bible up and... And he in one hand, and then he is holding nothing in the other. But he says, you know, what is this? And he's holding the Bible towards me, and you know, had that moment of, you know, well, that's that's a book. And okay, yeah, but what book? It's the Bible. Okay, what? But what is it? And he basically he was fishing for the answer: Is this the word of God or not? Mm. And you know, after taking some seconds to think about it, I said, you know, yeah, I truly do believe that that is the word of God. It's you know that it's inspired. And he said, so, you know, if you have this and you have your, your life and they don't line up, which is broken. And, okay, yeah, I, it's my life that's broken. Okay, and, and so if you have this and, and the world and, and they don't line up, which is broken. And so just thinking in those categories uh, really set me on a trajectory. Uh, and so about six weeks later, I was baptized. Um, and... Yeah, that, that and then one week after that we were married. Yeah, you he was baptized a week before you got married. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I have lots of questions, but um I was sorry. Yeah. No. because uh, <laughs> I, I know a little bit about your wedding. I would like to, to drill into that. Um, as well as more um Stephen and Elisa, not yet married but in love stories. Yeah. Um but you guys met in China 
and you want to go back overseas, but this time more explicitly for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And you guys are hoping to uh, to go to the Middle East, to go to Erbil. Mm-hmm. That's the plan. Um, when and how did you become convinced that that's what you wanted to do, that you wanted to go go back overseas? Yeah. Was that before you got married or afterwards? I, I think so. So even when we came back from China, we had always thought, you know, hey, I think it'd be cool to to live in China and, you know, maybe we could find a church or a house church to be a part of or believing community. Um, but, and, and we never imagined when we came back to get married that we would be staying long term. But In the States? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but after we got married, we spent the first six months uh, in a prolonged engagement in the United States doing something called woofing where we were we were farming on organic farms. And during that time, just realized that marriage is really hard. And, um, and so <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe your, uh, your pastor spent too much time with that Bible question <laughs> that took a couple of weeks. So you didn't get as much marital counseling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it was more just that we, we were trying to, to live out marriage apart from a believing community. I yeah. gotcha. And would, so, would, cause we were traveling and we were living yeah, we're wherever we living wanted, out in our a band. yeah, living out. Yeah, I mean, across the states, it's just wherever. Yeah, so so, we'll just the short version of the story is that we break down by summer, and we're we're welding parts in a Subaru factory, uh, to get our transmission fixed and back on the road to go do more farming, and um, and we're in, experiencing this conflict, and we say, hey. We shouldn't, you know, we, we need to, to reach back out to the pastor who had done our counseling. And mm. he had just moved up to northern Nevada. Okay. And he said, you know, you guys should come out here for a couple of weeks and work through some of your stuff. And so we did, and we stayed for a couple of years. And during that time... Really Living started, out of Ludwig? <laughs> no, thankfully we had a home. Okay. Mm-hmm. And But during that time, we started to say, you know, hey, we really do feel a draw to go back to China. Mm. But if we go, we'd like to, you know, think about what it looked like to do this with a... With, a, with an eye towards what, you know, the Lord would have us do with that. Yeah, hmm. more training. I think you had started looking for seminaries. We visited mm-hmm. yeah. quite a few. And then, I mean, it was so... F- I mean, Todd Miles is the reason we're in Portland. Because we sat in one of his classes. And uh, we sat around the f- campfire at home, like, multiple nights over this couple-month period. Just And we'd always come back to Todd Miles' class and talking about... Remember what he was... It's the experience at Western Seminary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... and yeah. Yeah. And so we decided on it, applied, so, got accepted. Yeah, yeah we, we had folks there who were encouraging us not to go for more training, but just to kind of jump into the field. Um, and and I was really uncomfortable by the end of it because they were referring to me as pastor. And I didn't feel like a pastor. I felt like I was just learning the scriptures even as I was, I felt like the blind leading the blind. And so um, thankfully we got the, the push that we needed just by visiting Western Seminary. You know, of all the seminaries we visited, it was the first one where the name of Jesus was brought up in the interview. Hmm. We had a really excellent experience with Todd's class and a great uh, conversation with Gary Brashears. And so it just led us to put all of our eggs in one basket and said, let's see if this this is right. And so... Yet another reason I'm very thankful for Todd Miles. Yeah. That he, the Lord used him to bring you guys here and not only to Western and Portland, but to Henson. Yeah. That's the, right. the connection to Henson was through Todd that's, once again. Yeah, that's right. So uh, Todd and Ron Mars were both yeah, professors. Yeah. And then Jason, uh, Jason Patterson was like, hey, you guys checked out Henson? <laughs> and really? I'm getting together with Jason right after this. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. 
so he um so so he encouraged us to come take a look and cool. then and then Todd once we were here encouraged me to come up and talk to him in his office about uh about church about church okay and so uh we we were actually really plugging in at a different church in in Portland when we first arrived where we felt like you know there was a, there were some obvious connections, um, but we we felt like no, Henson is is very unlike anything that we've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. We're very uncomfortable here, and with the music, the uh, the style of preaching, the the organization, uh, the organization, <laughs> and we started to say like, hey, maybe if if uh, this is what we are most uncomfortable with, and we recognize that we're weakest in some of these categories, maybe this is what we need. And so um, we pretty quickly decided to begin attending Henson regularly and during that time started to think about mission differently. And so as we, as we had always just imagined, oh, we're going to go to China and, you know, we had connections with folks who um, do business as mission mm-hmm. in the middle of places where there's zero Christians or, or one or two Christians. And we had always just kind of imagined, you know, we're going to be these, you know, frontiers, Christians uh, out, you know. I'm sensing a reoccurring theme here on the frontier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, that was definitely her her, her in, influence on me, probably. That's great. Um, but that's kind of what we had imagined. And, and then we started to uh, recognize that the Lord was using our, our love for the Chinese culture and the people. Uh, and and just that desire to open up possibly some other doors as well as we thought through that. So um, we were thankful to get to go on a short-term trip to Southeast Asia with a team from Henson mm-hmm. and, and just begin to think through um, our, our, our work there, uh, what it would look like in partnering with what God is already doing because that, that, that was really a big shift for us to think through that. Uh, yeah, and I would say to answer your question of, like, I, I think that being in a church has changed how we view what missions even looks like. And, I mean, that's happened in the last four years, but, I mean, the desire to go abroad has been there, but it's completely changed, like, our goals and our reasons and what we're going to do and why, I mean, essentially why we we would even do it, why and how. And so mm-hmm. I think, like... Can you give one example or implication? An example of oh. why how um, being a part of a church like Henson uh, changed the way you were thinking about what it would look like to go overseas for the sake of the gospel. Like what how, what what changed? Um, I think primarily for us is the commitment to be in a local body, um, and I think like the expositional preaching. You're talking about like okay ideas of what makes a church healthy, right? How they preach, okay membership commitment right whatever this is but it's also just all it's kind of all of those things but what the lord is already doing in that local church and being committed here has really shown us like oh you guys all need each other and actually the lord moves through us as we are growing stronger as a church i mean Mm -hmm. he can move through you and it's Mm -hmm. also a lot more stable and i think fruitful i mean it's maybe slower. It's sure, like, sure. <laughs> yeah, I think I think as we meditated as a as a couple, and certainly for me during the residency, and 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 just as we sat under the preaching here, you know, beginning to think about you know missions differently, um, and, and by that I I really just mean that you know the Great Commission 
you know, there's always this, this, this talk amongst folks often who feel that they're being led to do international missions. And they'll say, you know, I'm called to go to China or I'm called to serve, uh, you know, the Italians who make the really good spaghetti or whatever. <laughs> like they have a very specific group in mind. And as we sat in the midst of this community, we became more and more convinced that, no, it's about the Great Commission. And that Great Commission is, is being fulfilled by God and his people wherever there is a true church of Christ. And so that began to work in us to say, Lord, where are you working in this world? And as we saw doors beginning to close in China, it was the Holy Spirit's work in, <laughs> in and around us that he brought us to the residency with folks who were working in, in the, the city that we're now going to go to. So talk, talk just briefly about how that happened. You were always kind of uh, aiming to go back to the place where you fell in love mm-hmm. and where you really enjoyed the food, the culture, but really the, the people yep. um, there and had a heart uh, for seeing the gospel go forward there in China. But now you're going to Erbil, um, Iraq. <laughs> and yeah. uh, you talk, You mentioned the Henson residency, so just tell us briefly. I think most people who are listening will, will kind of know a little bit how that happened, but give us the brief synopsis, Yeah, either one of you. Yeah. I think the very first intro for us to reveal was when we first arrived here. Um, we had been members for just a few months when, I think it was like the first of May when Max Stiles came, hmm. and he preached uh, the book of Jonah uh, in one sermon. And we just had a Jonah who was uh, a few weeks old, yeah. and and then he, at the end he puts out this this call that you know we need someone to, to come and and lead music at our at our church in Iraq, and and I remember Mark Whitcomb and and maybe even a couple of other people at awesome. the fellowship lunch making the joke that yeah you guys should go, and we were like yeah right you know but we're going to China or we're gonna go somewhere else, mm-hmm. and what were you say? Wait, no, I remember you saying that you that you saying we we could probably do this, and then I think it was Neil who said it'll come back around if you're truly meant to do it. Who said yeah, that? It yeah, was Neil, right? Well, that's right, that's right. So we did we did entertain that that thought for, for momentarily. It for, wasn't really for a, a real second, but it was com- more just like in the midst of a, of a passing conversation. Um, I got some really good good and wise counsel uh, from the the leaders here. And and we just said, you know, we're just take course. Finish seminary, yeah. Finish yeah, seminary. Finish yeah, seminary. Yeah. Uh, we in the meantime, we're going on short term trip to Southeast Asia and helping to lead that with Jeff Chang, and uh, and then we start the residency. And in the midst of being in the residency, we are hearing, you know, some pretty uh, unfortunate reports coming out of China mm-hmm. uh, as we're seeing the country closing down. Mm-hmm. And and then kind of in tandem with that, there's this guy, David Lawrence, who's, you know, studying ecclesiology and church polity and the Reformation with me. And uh, and he's becoming, you know, a, a real uh, pillar in our life as we're just, you know, working through through marriage and through uh, parenthood. And um, and so we, we get really close with the Lawrences. And in the meantime, he's like, you know, hey. The Lawrences, that is David and Chris. David and Chris, yeah. Yeah, oh, yep. yeah we got to be. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So David and Chris Lawrence, and mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, hey, um, you know, I'm I'm looking to. Yeah, who are some good candidates? You guys would think send them our direction. Yeah, we'd you know, love we to talk to people. Take people with take us people to with us. to reveal. And so we're let's recruit. <laughs> we're actually having meetings. Uh, I think like every Sunday in this in this room, uh, with folks who might be interested in learning more about the work in Erbil. 
And we're trying to, you know, help him set up some conversations. And then in the midst of that, we're Chris begins to, you know, almost like in the beginning, making jokes like, you know, why don't you guys come? And we start to realize like, whoa, uh, you know, this could actually, there could actually be something to this. And I'm pretty sure it was David who, you know, really pounced on the opportunity to say, hey, let's, let's have a conversation. And so, uh, and so that's really how it came about. Uh, we You're very naturally, it just was an open door all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, I mean, there was this moment of like, well, but you know, what, what, what about China? You know, what about these desires that we've had? And we really just began to, you know, recognize that the Lord had already used those desires in so many ways. Um, he had used it as an opportunity to get us thinking well about what global missions is. He'd use it as an opportunity to get us involved with um, ministries here, uh, serving folks who have Chinese as a first language and are students living in the city. And we, we saw that as a great gospel opportunity, especially with one young gal who we've had in our home uh, several times who has come to faith. And so we're really thankful for that. Um, and, and we just, you know, we, we ultimately came to this holding everything loosely. And I, I, I took kind of three prayers to the Lord and said, Lord, if this is from you, um, I want to know from the elders here that they would support us going. I want to know from the elders there that they would receive us. And I think this might lead into a topic that you want to discuss in, later on. But, you know, I, I want to know in good conscience that I can move my young family to Iraq. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So you were, you uh, at some point got those first two. But then you guys, and well, the Lord in his sovereignty delayed your timeline for, for going. Because were you, were you originally planning on going at the time the Lawrences launched out? Mm-mm. No, you were going to follow. They left December. But we, shortly thereafter. Okay. Yeah, we were going to start fundraising right after Delphia was born. Yeah, that's right. So, so they, they would have left in December 2018. We had planned to move sometime after April of 2019. Okay, but then you guys, at what point did you guys get the difficult news about your health, Annalisa? Uh, we were three weeks into fundraising, and it was at my six-week appointment after I had Delphia. So she was born in February, so it was in, in March. So, yeah, so it was pretty mm. It was pretty soon right there. It kind of all happened. Fundraising, yeah, I think this is it. Had a baby. Oh, wait, never. Yeah. <laughs> and what did, what did the doctor say? So, he, so, yeah, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer, or there was something on my neck <laughs> she needed to look at, and she was a midwife. And, yeah. So she, yeah, she sent her in for more testing, and then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the call from the doctor who had given me a C-section with Jonah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really strange. Dr. Leibus calls and says, is there any family around you? And I said, yeah, my kids, I'm here. My husband's at work. And she's like, do you have any other family around you? <laughs> no, not really. And she's like, do you have somewhere you can sit? <laughs> okay, what is it, Dr. Leva? <laughs> she said... Well, I just want to let you know your tests came back and you do have cancer, but it, it, it's thyroid cancer or something like that. And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty shocking. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I remember it now. Like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. laughing, but it was not laughing. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, no, you, you wouldn't know it from hearing you laughing. now. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, it, yeah. What was it? So then that was a. Uh, that started a like a year long uh, yeah. treatments, 
Um, obviously, it del- just turned two. Okay. Just the turn two. So, so yeah, it was, we a, got, it was a couple year delay for us. Couple years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I guess it is twenty twenty one now. Yeah, yeah. So, anything just to mention about what the Lord taught you during that um, that trial, and as you were waiting on Him for many things, waiting to hear the results, but also uh, your 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 future plans were put on hold for mm-hmm. for a while and mm-hmm. maybe and you don't know maybe for forever yeah well and i i, I think that it sh- it shows us the lord's plans are completely different than our own and i think mm-hmm. in his sovereignty and i joke with people and it's not really a joke but i mean the lord has only used cancer for good in our lives and it, it's it's a weird thing to say that i think but i mean sue and i would both agree i mean we understand we thought we understood, like, oh, this is what the church is for, even even before doing missions. But, like, we actually got to experience what we believed. And uh, Can you just talk about what you mean by that? I mean, yeah. what good did... People don't usually think of cancer as being something that produces good. <laughs> well, as Piper I, would say, don't waste your cancer. Yeah. And he take those moments to actually think about life and death and also to share where you're at with that and yeah. be willing and open to have the struggle that you're, you are actually having, but do it in community. I mean, there's been so many times when I have to tell someone, like, I don't have hope right now, or, you know, and it's like, oh, I can I can tell people this, and it's actually way better that I can tell you. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think for me it was from the first moment, I, I'll never forget whenever I got the call at work, and I, th- I think my very first phone call from the parking lot as I was leaving work was to Michael. And um, and then uh, I called Chris Short on the way home. And and, and and we prayed. And then Michael and Neil were, came over as soon as I got home and we spent time praying. And we just felt from day one uh, the love of the community. Hmm. And, you know, our family, our in Indiana and San Diego. And so the church really filled a void. Um, you know, Tracy and Doug Fable helped us tremendously with Delphia as Annalisa had to have surgery. And um, and they helped us think through things that we would just, like, it wasn't even on our radar of, you know, how do you wean your daughter when she's only four or five months old? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we just... We felt the love of Christ from his people in a very profound way. And, you know, Annalisa's right. It, it exposed, I felt more broken before the Lord, less qualified to be <laughs> a, a, a missionary of the gospel than ever before because I was just, every turn and every moment, I was just being reminded of my brokenness before the Lord, my weakness and my need for the gospel. And I praise God that in the midst of that, Every week I could come and just hear you or Michael or Jeff or Mark preach the gospel to me in a way that, I mean, we were, we were reading through some, some really heavy books, I remember, during that season. And thankfully, Michael had just gone through Lamentations. Yeah. And so we... <laughs> Providential, I <think>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so we just, we really felt um, the ministry of the Word having its full effect in our life. Um, we, and commitment of the body, I mean, like what is membership and until you're like a member in a healthy church where you're committed to one another like no matter what people care for one another or or they they have that commitment 
mm-hmm. to you. I mean, there's so many more names to like. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We watching Jonah people take meals and when I was in treatment, I I stayed at Lisa Lisa's house and. Yeah, yeah, because she was radioactive, came. and so the the kids and I had to. Lisa to, Yarborough. Yeah. 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 So, mm-hmm. so I mean, it was really strange. Like in the middle of came... Delphia's first year of life, we have this season of like two months where I'm off work and Annalisa can't hold the kids and Lisa Yarbrough stepped up in a huge way and provided a safe environment for us to to walk through that. Oh, that's so encouraging to hear and um, to hear how you can look back on on a difficult time and and give thanks to God. Mm. Um, But then you guys got the wonderful news. uh, Was it at the end near the end of 2020 or when, mm-hmm. when was it that uh that you were cancer free Annalisa? yeah october october 13th but okay. uh yeah we got the sh- so i had all the tests la, 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 and then she had to call me two weeks later so it was, it was you know the it was like the last week of october right? yeah okay mm-hmm. and so then um yeah they called me let me know like hey um you know you're released we don't all of your tests are showing up negative we can't it's um what is it called you can't like I don't know. They Anyways, uh, it was a good test. It was the best case scenario. Best is the way she scenario. said it. Anyways, doesn't she knew she knew um, we wanted to go to Iraq and yeah. we had kind of told her that since the beginning. And in in everything she has had, she all of our doctors and the professionals who have worked with me have known this. Like they're the saving my life, so I can continue to share, like you know, this message. You know, and so I think um, when we got the news, I told Stephen. Stephen. Stephen called David and Chris that night and said, when can I come visit? And so we bought our tickets. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it really night, set yeah. things in motion. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. We were elated. I think one of the things that we didn't realize was how much weight had been placed on us. And so it was mm-hmm. like this thing of, you know, you don't even, I guess maybe after you've lived a certain, in, yeah, with a certain heaviness for so long, you you forget that it's over you and you're just always thinking about the next appointment, the next appointment. But when the doctor calls and says, you guys can move to Iraq, it was like, Oh, okay, well now things are moving. And so, um, it was almost, yeah, there were so many clouds that cleared in that moment, so much weight that felt like it was lifted. And we just set up a, I called David and Chris and they said, yeah, you, uh, we're free in two weeks if you want to come then. So I did, I bought a ticket and went uh, in the middle of November. And that trip, even got you more excited about the yeah the thought of of moving your family there yeah. and uh obviously it excited the, the lawrences <laughs> yeah, yeah there was right. a third three for three yeah that's right so so that was that was it you know it was it was actually painful to leave i mean it was it was painful to not have my family there and to feel like this is sure you know this isn't the, the full experience of the whole family getting to be here mm-hmm. but it was it was painful to leave because I already in 11 days time felt such a connection to the work. To painful the to leave or Beale. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I, I really felt like this, this is someplace that we can, we can call home. Mm. Uh, and this, this is a church where we can, we can thrive. Um, and, and I would be so glad to, to, to partner with these folks in the gospel. And, and, you know, frankly, David's preaching there, was just so encouraging. Mm. I, I really feel like we could grow under the preaching there. So. That's wonderful. Mm. Thank you guys so much for sharing uh, the the story that kind of led up to this point where you guys are are raising funds and and getting prayer partners yeah. that we might send you out well. 
we want to take uh, a second part to talk a little bit more about the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll we'll get to that. We'll re- be releasing that, God willing, in a few days. Okay. Okay.